0: Welcome back to another episode of Talk to Tatiana, and today I would love to welcome Casey Compton to the show. Welcome, Casey. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome to have you. And I've been to a couple of um, uh, events where you've shared a couple of stories from your book. But before we get to the book, I would love for you to talk about how your entrepreneurial journey started, what prompted it, and what you've kind of learned along the way and, and where you are today.
1: Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And as, as I'm working on the second book now, um, just kind of trying to get back as far as I possibly could in what I would consider to be that entrepreneurial journey. And for me, I think it was a lot like many of us is that I think it really just is, is who I was as a child. And I started to see it now I can see it. Obviously, when I was little, I didn't know. But um, there was always a just an excitement and a joy and just this, I don't know what you want to call it, just something that was fulfilling for me when I was a kid and I could create something and sell it. Um, it was really just making things that people wanted or that people needed or that could help them enjoy their life in some way. So I think it started really early, like really, really early, probably. And it continued on until I was an adult. Um, I live in a small town in South Central Kentucky right now. And, um, you know, when I went to college, it was just like, well, what do you want to do? And an entrepreneur wasn't a thing. Like that wasn't an option on the checkbox list. And so I did pretty much what most good Southern people, girls do. And I decided I was going to be a teacher. So I did that. <laughs> and then realized that's not what I wanted to do. And um, from that realized more things about myself and how I felt like at the time I needed some kind of profession or a legitimate skill before I was just going to go start businesses. I think you probably heard me talk about something like the little cupcake stories and things like that. You know, I was like going to be this um, filthy rich cupcake baker. And that didn't work. Um, so So I went back and got a master's degree in mental health counseling. And after I finished that, I knew that I now had I now had something that I could use. And so it built my confidence a little bit more. And I was able to see the possibilities that I could do with that degree as far as um, as an entrepreneur went. And so really from that point forward is when my entrepreneurial, legit entrepreneurial journey took off.
0: That's that's really cool. Thanks so much for sharing that. And so wh- what do you do now? Um explain how you work with people and wh- what you do, what what's your day like?
1: Yeah, so once um once I graduated and worked as a counselor for a while and realized that I wanted more and decided I was going to open my own business. So I opened my own counseling practice, a group practice. We had multiple counselors and multiple providers doing different things. So I did that for a while and it didn't take very long before I realized that I couldn't do both. Like I wasn't going to be able to sit in the chair and run the business. And I think I was thinking that I could (laughs) like, I could do, you know, just as well doing both giving just as much time and attention to both. And so I got to the point where I I realized that I couldn't do both. And I had to make a choice. And what I found was that I was enjoying and loving the business side of things. I liked seeing how things worked and how to build, um, build something more and how to grow and scale and Um, work with my numbers and try to achieve more profit. And so I started doing that for myself. And before I knew it, I was invited to do some consulting with another industry, um, mental health industry consultant. And I did that and I just learned even more. And so now um, my day-to-day is quite different. So that all happened about, Uh, five year, four or five years ago. And so at this point now, my day to day really is just more about looking at the big picture and looking at operational um, strategies and planning. And um, it's a lot about leadership and training my team to be able to keep the systems moving. And so I have uh, seven active businesses at the moment And so what I do now is just make sure that they're all going. And the most of my actual work is um, the things that people cannot do for me is the writing. And so that's really all I physically do myself at this point.
0: Oh, wow. Seven businesses. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that that wasn't on purpose. That wasn't like I had this goal of, oh, I'm going to have all these business. And I've had more and just over the years, phased some of them out, built new ones and and whatnot. But um, I looked at the main business that I had, which was my group practice at the time. And I just asked myself, what would make the most sense to grow or, you know, really what was another revenue stream that my business had that could potentially stand on its own? And so as I started looking at the revenue streams, like, for example, we had this big office space we were paying massive amounts of rent to. And I just thought, wouldn't it be better if I just bought the building? And then if I'm going to buy one building, shouldn't I just buy more buildings? And then maybe if I'm going to have more buildings that I just have a commercial property business. Um So that's kind of how they started off. So I have a commercial property business and then I have a a hair salon that uh, is over here across the street. Then we do consulting, small business type consulting, working with business owners uh, to create businesses that can run without them, essentially focus so that they can focus on the service and not the system. Um, Then we have a virtual assistant uh, portion of that company. Then of course we have the um, the author book that, that part of the company. Um, th- there's just a lot, <laughs> like there's, a, there's a lot of different things going
0: on. Awesome. Wow. Um, but what's your uh, primary part? I know you mentioned that the primary thing that you do is writing because nobody else can do it for you. And so what's your goal with that business?
1: So with, with authorship and and writing and yeah. So the way that I'm thinking, I can't remember, I can't remember right at at this moment, who does this? You, you may know, you probably know. Um, But I really like the concept of each book almost being a standalone business. And so what I'm trying to do right now is build or write each book and then build businesses around it. So we would have products and offerings as it relates to each book and having different services that will help the reader and the business owner, the entrepreneur specific to that book. And so that's really the plan right now is just that bigger picture of how am I going to scale this just like I scaled the the mental health practice and the consulting business.
0: Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I think Mike McCullough does something very similar. He launches a business with every book. And so Mm -hmm. um, that's a great, it's a great strategy, I think. And so awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Talk about your book.
1: (laughs) Um, So I wrote Fix This Next for healthcare providers in the middle of COVID last year. I uh, actually launched the book in July of this year of 2021. And what I was noticing was that entrepreneurs in general, but but specifically healthcare business owners, they were just, they think they have to do everything. And they were sacrificing all of their time with their family and their sanity and their energy and, and everything just so that they could make this business run. Because I think for them, it was not only... For themselves and their family, but they have patients and they have the community that they're participating and involved in that they care about. And I think for healthcare providers specifically, they just feel like there's a lot on the line, um, both just when you're dealing with people's health and finances and, and all of those things. So I wanted to create something that would help healthcare entrepreneurs feel a little bit more focused and know exactly how to prioritize the needs in their business. So they weren't always feeling like they were just working from a to do list that never ended. And so the book was a, a culmination of many years in the field, just experimenting with all kinds of things that worked, Some things didn't work, um, just different mindset shifts, think, ways to think about this or ways to think about that. and. When I started to get to know Mike McAllowitz, I thought, okay, you know, this guy this guy's kinda legit. Like he knows what he's doing a little bit. And and I'm pretty skeptical in, in general. So it took me a little bit of time to follow him and just participate in some of his events. And so I, I flew up to Jersey right at the beginning of COVID in March. And we talked and I told him, you know, how I felt like that the healthcare industry needed this book. Right now, because I didn't know how they were going to achieve any kind of balance, especially with everything related to COVID, and they needed all the help they could get. So I just kind of felt like if I was going to write a book which I knew I was, that it needed to be this book and it needed to be now and it needed to be with Mike because he um, he is legit and he does know what he's talking about and he's done this stuff for years. and I just felt like every all
0: of the pieces were in the right place
1: to make the move.
0: That's awesome. And so uh, what does your book, who's the book for and what does it help um, your ideal reader um, achieve or transform?
1: The book is for overworked and overextended healthcare business owners and that, that that are looking for um, that feeling of security. And, you know, so many of them are just making decisions about their business on the fly and they, they're doing the best that they can. And it's not really that they're doing anything wrong. They're they're doing all the right things. They're just trying to do everything. And they're trying to do everything as quickly as they can. And that, that's just not sustainable. So what I really am hoping to do is to provide a framework for people that's simple and easy that they can go back to every week if they wanted to evaluate their business within 3 to 5 seconds and know exactly where their focus should be for that week or for however long it takes to knock that thing off that to-do list.
0: Awesome. I love it. And so um as you kind of move into this newer business into authorship and and coaching talk a little bit about um kind of if you could go back in time and um Give yourself your younger self um, a piece of advice. What would that be?
1: Mm. Well, I think that I think that fear, it, let me go back just for a second because when I was working as a mental health counselor, which I have not done in a while. Uh, But when I was, my area of specialization was anxiety and panic disorders. And so um, anyone that's familiar with with anxiety or panic, they would know that the root of all, almost all, unless it's a physiological uh, issue, but the root of anxiety and panic is fear. It is a fear that we all carry around. No one is exempt from it. Everyone has it. And fear can cause us to do a lot of things that we don't like or we shouldn't do or causes us to feel, you know, just more critical and have self-doubt. And so what I think what I would do is I've always been a pretty bold person on the outside. Like if you were to see me or if you don't really know me personally, you're going to think, oh, she doesn't give a hoot, you know. Uh, Try not to say a bad word. Um, she doesn't care. Like she doesn't. She'll just do whatever. She's she has no fear, and and that's true to a certain extent. But it's not that I don't have the fear. It's just that I make a decision to push past it. And so I think what I would tell myself, even sooner than I did, was that, um, it's okay to feel fear. You just have to push past it anyway, because I think that that is in a lot of ways not necessarily. What always held me back, but um, I'm more of a person who hangs on to the internal. And so even though I'm going out there and putting myself out of my comfort zone and doing things that may call attention to me or might make people judge me on the outside, that doesn't look like it bothers me. But of course, it does. And of course, I'm sitting here, you know, like internally, trying to pep talk myself every single day. And, uh, you know, tell myself and and the older I get, the easier that gets for me. But you know, 10 years ago, there was a lot of things that I did not do, or I was afraid to do, because I was afraid of any kind of pushback that I might get from it.
0: That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I believe you also do some sort of coaching and or consulting is that true
1: yeah yeah started that back in 2017 and we create my team and i created a membership community for people who are looking to scale their businesses and and really the the thing that we like to focus on most are the systems and how things are working the efficiency and the order within a business how um how you can set that up and design it in a way that will give you the most space possible. And I think that that's why we all went into becoming business owners in the first place is because we wanted freedom, you know, like we wanted to set our own schedule and, and make our own decisions and do things the way we want. But then we get into the business and we feel completely trapped. And Because, yeah, we do have freedom to make those decisions, but we feel like all of the external things are putting pressure on us to force us to decide certain ways for certain things. And um, so what, what we really focus on is how do we create something in your business that can help it run so that when you want to take space to explore another big idea or um, create another revenue stream or build a, a fourth or fifth or sixth business, the one that you have already built can still run and function and thrive and continue to grow in your absence.
0: Awesome. All right, um, actually, I was looking over um, the information that you've submitted, and I found and I came across something that I wanted to you to, to kind of uh, expand on. What do you do when your business acts like a toddler? <laughs>
1: oh goodness. Uh, Emily sticks that one in there. She does it to me on purpose. I know what she's doing. So <laughs> you know, I have a toddler right now. And uh, I have two old, so I have three kids. I have one that's two and I have one that's seven and then one that's 12. And the two-year-old actually acts more like an older kid than the, the two girls who are older. They they act like toddlers almost every single day. Um, but I think that our business in a lot of ways mirrors that of our family. And you know what do we do when you have a toddler that's throwing a temper tantrum or acting up for no reason? You know what what we do, what I do, is uh, looking at that function of that behavior. Like, what is it that make that is making this child act like this? Is it attention seeking? Um, do they have an unmet need? You know what is it that's going on? And let's spend a little bit more time on pause, trying to figure that out rather than just reacting. And so sometimes I, my mom used to do this to my, my daughter when she was, was drive me crazy because my daughter would want something and it was her first grandchild. So my daughter would cry after it and then my mom would just give it to her or, or if she did not give it to her, which she almost always did. But if she didn't, she would just distract her. And I remember thinking as a first time mom, okay, I see why you're doing that. But like we're just kind of creating a new problem over here. So maybe we should just like teach her to accept some limits and some boundaries. And um, it's okay to hear the word no. And so I think our business, if we look at our business in that same way, first, we have to take a moment to think about what is really causing the problem. What is the core need here and address that? Because most of the time what we do is we treat the symptoms, which might look like just throwing more at it, you know, like, oh, here's a, Here's a big problem over here. We our leads have dried up. We've got no referrals in the last 30 days. Let's just throw more money over here at a Google ad campaign. Um, Just sometimes just throwing more at it is the mentality that we have. We do the same with our kids. So that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was thinking how to act like a toddler. And then sometimes um, the best thing to do is not do anything you know, that's one of the best tools is active ignoring for kids. And so sometimes your business just needs some space to breathe. And it doesn't need us in its face. It doesn't need us throwing more money at it or more, um, whatever we throw at it. Sometimes it just needs space to breathe.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. This was awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and talk a little bit about, there was also a topic about the bankruptcy to boss babe. What is that about?
1: Yeah, that is a story that I think will come out in its entirety in the second book that I'm working on. I call it The Laundry Basket Baby, and it was a time in my life uh, not that long ago. I mean, I guess it was around about seven years, eight years ago, and I'd had my degree. You know, I went and got my master's degree. I was a counselor Uh, on the surface. It looked like I had everything going okay. And what I realized very quickly was that my foundation of my life was pretty bad. And uh, it took a few little things to just cause it all to come crashing down. Um, I had a vehicle that just stopped working and it was a lemon. It was just like one of those freaking terrible deals. It was bad. It was just a bad experience. So I had that happen. Um, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Linen and she, it was an extremely high risk pregnancy, almost lost her, had to go on straight flat bed rest for the whole pregnancy, lost my job, couldn't work, couldn't pay the bills. And I had to file bankruptcy. I had no choice. And that was something that, that was probably the most embarrassing not now I know that I should not have been embarrassed. And and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the time I was absolutely humiliated. I had never experienced anything worse than that in my whole life. Um, I'm a very independent person and I don't ask for help ever. I'm not, that's not me. And so I basically just suffered through it. And, um, Lost everything, barely. I mean, just it was really, really bad. And I remember bringing her home. And, um, we had a crib, but it was a crib for my oldest daughter. And as we were transporting it to the place we were living, it flew out of the back of the truck and just shattered into pieces. And I was like, oh my God, that's the only thing I have. And, um, And so we definitely couldn't afford a bassinet. And so she slept on the side of the bed and the floor in a laundry basket when I brought her home from the hospital. And uh, there was just something in me that just that that sparked. And I said, never again. Um, I can't control the the circumstances of my life always. um, But I am going to do the best I can to position myself so that this never happens again. And you know we were on Medicaid, we got wIC like everything every kind of government assistance we could get we got it and from that moment when my daughter was born and I went back to work, I believe it was within right under two years that I'd hit uh, gross the first million um and I think it was just it it was just one of those points where I was so low that I didn't have any option but to come back as hard as I possibly could because I just knew that I never wanted to put myself in that or my kids in that position again.
0: Wow. That's a powerful story. I'm glad I asked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big (laughs) one. It's a big story.
0: Awesome. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and so Casey, as we uh, start to wrap up here, um, talk a little bit about, um, what you're looking to do next, your second book, we know, what are you looking to, to achieve next? What goals you've set for yourself? And also talk about how people can connect and find you.
1: Yeah, that's a good question.
0: Um, so the
1: second book is is going to be a lot of fun. It is um, something that is going to seamlessly connect to a program that we've been offering for the last two years now, which is called Systemizer School. So what my, my goal is, is to continue to grow that program it is a right now it's an eight week pretty intensive program that helps business owners take a good hard look at their current operations it teaches them to um, what's the best word um i don't know to get buy-in from their team how to teach their team how to lead their team and then ultimately how to systemize their businesses And so we've ran that for almost two years now. And that is something that I'm really working toward growing in the future. Every cohort, we do it twice a year. So far, every cohort we've had has sold out before it ever opened, just from word of mouth from the previous cohort. Um, And I think just because of the transformation that we're seeing from these business owners and because it's such a quick ROI that they're going through the program and they're getting a return so fast that they tell everybody about it. And it also makes me feel really good about what we're doing. So I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing how that Plays out and then what type of opportunities that we can create from that program. And the best way for people to reach us or to learn anything about what we're doing is, is just going to the website. It's caseycompton.com. Uh, social media is a good place to follow. We're always posting there. And did you? I, I want to say you asked me one more question. I already forgot what it was
0: um i did ask you what kind of where are you going so that's you've answered i think both and how to connect how people can connect with you perfect thanks so much for sharing that and of course the uh, um connection links will be posted in the show notes and also if you're watching this on youtube below the video Uh, be sure to check that out and connect with Casey. Casey, thanks so much for being a wonderful guest and for sharing quite a few gems here. (laughs) And I I always love to connect with you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's been a pleasure.